The following podcast is brought to you by Platypod.com. Check out the show notes for links to the new Platypod Extreme. And don't forget the Platyball, the coolest ball head on the planet. Good Friday to you. It is time for the iPhone Photo Show, the podcast that helps you get the most out of your iPhone camera, whether you shoot stills or videos. I'm your host, Scott Bourne, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Jefferson Graham, formerly of USA Today and currently of the iPhone Photo Show. How are you doing, Jefferson? I am just great. Great to be here. Today, we're going to do something a little unusual. We're going to do what they call in the radio business, break format. We're going to just bring you four interviews because we know you've heard what we think about the iPhone camera for several weeks now. We thought we'd give your ears a break and let you hear the perspective of four different people. And we will let you decide whether you like it or not. And we think you will. Uh, before we do that, I do want to say that uh, we love hearing from you. We've gotten a lot of feedback about the show. Please send us an email to iPhonePhotoshow at gmail.com. Also, be sure to visit our new site, iPhonePhotoTeam.com, where you can join our circles and post photographs and try to win prizes and critique other people's photographs and talk about photography. All the pictures have to come from an iPhone, no nudity, and to win a prize, you have to live in the United States. But otherwise, it's kind of open season out there. We wanted to talk about that real quick. Jefferson, uh, tell us about uh, these four interviews real quick. Well, it's an interesting collection of people. We've got the British photographer, Joe Bradford, who has written a book about how to process and edit your photos using the popular app Snapseed, which, of course, is owned by Google. We're going to talk to Mark Homan, who owns a great camera store in the Los Angeles area and makes videos every day on his iPhone that he shows on social media. He does a really nice job with it. We're going to talk to Greg McMillan, who's writing a book about macro photography on the iPhone, and check in with our old friend, Ant Pruitt, who is the host of the Hands-On Photography Podcast and who refuses to photograph using the iPhone, and he'll tell you why. Let's begin with our chat with Joe. Hi, thank you very much for having me. Uh, no problem. Tell us about the book. Um, so a couple of years back, I wrote a book called Smartphone Smart Photography, um, which went on to be a bestseller. And at the time when I wrote that, it was just about everything you need to know to take amazing photos with your phone. And I put a couple of pages in the back about how to edit your photos to make them look better. And from the minute the book was published, I had people saying, why didn't you put more in the editing section? And I had that asked to me so many times that over lockdown, I thought, you know what, I'll see if I can write a book about my favorite app, Snapseed, and see what happens. And it turns out it was actually quite an expansive book. So my publisher was very happy to take it on and publish it for me as a companion volume to smartphone smart photography. So you can now get smartphone smart photo editing to go with it. So why Snapseed? Um, well, primarily because it's free to use for everybody. So I quite like smartphone photography and iPhone photography in general because it kind of democratizes photography for the masses. It means that everybody has the ability to take great photos, even if they don't have the wherewithal to have hugely expensive camera bodies and lenses. And I kind of like Snapseed for the same reason. It does fantastic editing, but it lets you do it on an app that doesn't cost anything, but on the other hand is also really powerful and really packed with features. 
Okay, so I always use Snapseed as uh, as the sort of app to let you go crazy. Uh, you know, I use <laughs> I, I use Lightroom Mobile, Adobe Lightroom Mobile, to do yeah. basic edits. Uh, but if I want to go nuts, I do Snapseed with the HDR <laughs> and the drama uh, tools. Uh, yeah. What's your take on Snapseed? Uh, um, so for me, the reason why I really like Snapseed as well is because I can kind of use it on my mobile device. And I guess I've been using it in the same way with the same workflow for several years now. So I kind of have a little routine with it. So I'll get in and do any basic compositional corrections, do some really basic adjustments to the way the light looks and the way the color looks and so on. And then if I want to go crazy at the end, I can do things like add a bit of um, extra impact to the sky and maybe play with things like um, some composition visiting or something like that but overall I kind of work with really naturalistic looking landscape images most of the time so there's not often many opportunities for me to go crazy with my output in general so for me it's just a nice easy way of making edits I take them on my phone edit them on Snapseed and have them uploaded to my Instagram account and get on with my day in you know five minutes or less Okay, well, I took a look at your Instagram this morning, some beautiful shots of rainbows and Thank horses you. and flowing water and um, some really nice stuff. So flowing water, you did the live photos technique, I assume? Yes, I did. And I have to say, um, well, there's different ways of doing it. I quite enjoy doing it with um, an app on the phone at the beginning. So the um, slow shutter cam app on iPhone is one that I've been a fan of for years. Um, I really enjoy messing around with these sort of photos at the time of taking and again at the time of editing because it kind of gives you a double layered effect. So I never do anything the same way two times when it comes to doing things like this. I always kind of take it on a case by case basis. Do you ever use um, slow shutter cam or anything like that? first or do you do everything on the editing side i usually use live photos and yeah. and click on the long, the long exposure trick but I, i'll yeah. have to I'll have to try your app yeah, Slow Shutter Cam is a really cool app. Um, it just works really well. You get huge photos out of it. They print up beautifully, like a meter in size and so on. So, and the quality is absolutely fantastic. I always invite people to do some pixel peeping, see if they can find any issues with my giant iPhone photos, and they never can. <laughs> uh, I've got one right behind me. That's a yeah. really, really big iPhone photo. Now, professionally, do you shoot everything on the iPhone or do you just do iPhone for um, social media? I tend to actually, funny enough, I started selling off my Canon D series a few years back, um, the 5D series, sorry, a few years back because they weren't getting out of the camera bag very often at all. Um, on the whole, a lot of the professional work I do these days is around my speaking and writing and editorial work around the world of iPhone photography anyway. So it's expected that I'd turn up and shoot on my phone. So actually, I almost never get one of my big cameras out of the bags. I'm more likely to have sold most of my digital kit. I've still got a lot of my film cameras and right behind me here in my studio I've got two color darkrooms that I still regularly print in so I'm kind of a color darkroom analog person and a smartphone person and I've left all the bit in the middle to everybody else. Where in England are you? I'm on Dartmoor National Park it's in the southwest of England um, down Cornwall and Devon coast is very beautiful and there's this one big national park in the middle of it so 368 square, square miles which is big by British terms but tiny by American terms. <laughs> Sounds great. Hopefully I can visit you there one day and we can do a photo walk together. Uh, that would be amazing. Yes. Let me know if you're over this way. I'll take you for a tour. Okay. Um, lastly, your favorite iPhone photography tip. 
My favorite iPhone photography tip is to take every photo that you take in landscape and portrait format and give yourself more of an opportunity to use the picture in many different ways afterwards. It's a really simple one, but it's the same for everyone. I think that's one about, you know, the way you look at pictures. I can try and think of another one that's about the way you shoot with them. Oh, I guess I really, at the moment, I'm loving the night mode in my iPhone as well. So I absolutely love putting my my, um, iPhone down and engaging night mode for those longer shots, you know, up to 30 seconds by using them with a an, uh, a tripod because the gyroscope instantly recognises that you're not holding it anymore and allows you to do those really long exposures that we were talking about earlier. So if you haven't tried it yet, go and have a play with the night mode on your newer iPhones. They're wonderful. Yes, I've shot um, astrophotography in night mode. It's been amazing. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. I've been trying it out. Mine probably aren't as good as yours yet. I'm practicing, but yeah, it's something I've really, really enjoyed doing. All righty. Well, Joe Bradford, thank you for uh, spending time with us today. And the book again is called? Smartphone, Smart Photo Editing. And you can get it anywhere books are sold, hopefully. You can buy absolutely anywhere online or in any bookstore anywhere in the English speaking world. Alrighty, Scott, we have Mark Coleman, who is the president and owner of Paul's Photo, one of the great, great camera stores in Torrance, California. And uh, every day, Mark makes an iPhone video and puts it on his LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, showing people how to do creative things. He calls it the Be Creative series. And at the same time, he is selling Nikon and Canon and Sony cameras. It's a really interesting place to be. So let's start off with just what's your perspective on, you know, we know how good the camera has gotten. What does it mean to you as a guy trying to sell, you know, DSLRs and mirrorless cameras where somebody comes in and says, I just need a phone? Well, you know, for me, I am always happy. I've been in photography for 40 some odd years, Jeff. And when people are making pictures, I'm happy. You know, we have a camera store. Paul's Photo is a camera store where we have the camera store that sells cameras. We have the lab that prints pictures. And they have, we have the Creative Photo Academy that teaches people how to make pictures. And as long as people are making pictures, they're making pictures. And that's good because we all need to make pictures. We all want to make pictures. We all want to share pictures. What happens on the camera store is that the iPhone, the, the, the phone camera is the free crack you get. That's the step. That's the, that's the, that's the, uh, the, the starter set. So you get a phone, you start taking pictures, you love it. You have fun with it. You figure out what it can do well and what it can't do well. And then if you need more than what your phone will do, then you come and you line up to get, you're right, get a Canon, Sony, Nikon, digital SLR, mirrorless camera. Okay, but what about accessories? I know people are insane about iPhone accessories right now for the camera. The iPhone accessories we've struggled with because the, the good stuff is hard to get. The cheap stuff is what people tend to want, and I won't sell the you know, the made in China, $29 lenses because they're so horrible, but that's what people tend to want. You know, for a while we sold the $79, $99 lenses and struggled with it because they were 79 and $99. You know, we sell a ton of tripods. We sell a ton of lights. We sell a ton of selfie sticks and camera mounts and tripod mounts and grip mounts and clip mounts for the phones 
that go everywhere because people are clipping their phones to anything you can imagine. And we sell a ton of that kind of stuff for people. And we sell the microphones, you know, the wired lavalier mics, the wireless lavalier mics, the shotgun mics, all that kind of stuff, the ring lights, the panel lights, all those, all those accessories that make your iPhone work better. Okay. What do you say to the person who comes in and says, okay, Mark, I don't need the Canon. I don't need the Sony. I don't need the Nikon because I just have this and that's fine. What do you say to them? Great. I hope you're happy with your pictures. Okay. Uh, point and shoots. You, uh, you probably have some in stock, but don't probably don't sell too many anymore. Right? So point and shoots, you know, are a casualty of the iPhone. And point and shoots are the number one casualty of COVID. You know, the supply shortage, the supply chain issues, you know, Canon, Nikon, Sony, Panasonic have all but, you know, we used to have 75 different point and shoot cameras in the store, and now we have three or four, and we just can't get them from the manufacturers. And I really don't know if those are going to come back. Um, there's still a lot of people who want a point and shoot camera, you know, whether that's in the water, waterproof series or something with a bigger zoom or with a better grip. But those people are kind of they're struggling right now because I can't get supply on this. There is no product. Uh, how is the market for the mirrorless and the DSLRs right now for you? For our for us, the DSLR cameras are struggling because there's no supply. There's no product. The mirrorless cameras are going nuts and full frame mirrorless is killing it. You know, Canon, Nikon, Sony, we're selling, we can, we're selling every camera we can get. And people are on waiting lists for most of the cameras. You know, we have a fair amount in stock, but the rest of the stuff, people are on waiting lists to buy. Oh, so what's the hot camera right now in February, late February? So in late February, you know, the Nikon Z9, the Canon R3, the Sony A1, the Sony A7 IV, you know, Canon R5s and R6s go on in, in and out of stock all the time. The Nikon Z6s and Z7s go in and out of stock all the time. So those are the cameras people are buying. All right. So, um, and those are the cameras that I see you, you know, uh, showing off uh, online. But at mm -hmm. the same time, you're doing a daily video called Be Creative with it you shoot completely on the iPhone. So why don't you tell everybody about the series? So I do the Be Creative series. I started the Be Creative series in March of 2020 when Paul's photo was close, forced to close due to COVID. And our customers called me distraught because we were closing. We had to close. And so I wanted to reach out to my customers and keep everyone active. So I started, I did 500 days in a row from March of 2020 to July of 2021 of the Be Creative series. And since then, it's been, you know, once or twice a week with the Be Creative series to give people a tip, an idea, some inspiration to show them that, you know, you don't really have to go far from home. When we first started and we were locked down, it was all on my dining room table. And since then, we've been, been able to venture out. You know, last Saturday night, we had a group of 25 people out at a creative spot here in Southern California to go take pictures together. And I shot a video and showed the, the still picture that resulted from it. And it's a lot of fun. You know, why yeah, do now I that, use now that would That would be Palos Verdes. Palos Verdes, uh, suburb of Los Angeles, and Correct. you did light painting with cars, right? No, we, we, it, was, it was a long exposure. 
So there's a spot where there's an S curve where the street road comes down. We were up above it with wide angle lenses. So I had my 14 to 30 and 24 to 70 on my Nikon Z7 II and making 120 second, 180 second exposures. So the cars would blur through this curved part of the road. It was a lot of fun. Something you could do on the iPhone, but it ain't easy. Not easy, correct. Right, and so why do you shoot on the iPhone this series? I shoot on the iPhone on the series because it's easy for me to upload and get posted. I'm, I'm not strong on video editing. I know that's a weakness of mine, but for me, for the Be Creative series, it was more expediency to get, you know, when I was doing a video and a still photo a day, that was a lot of work on top of a full-time job running a camera store, teaching photo classes, being a husband, father, all that other kind of stuff. So I needed it to be quick and easy. And, you know, my iPhone 11 Pro did a great job at that or still does a great job with that. Okay, so you have not upgraded to the 13. I will, but right now it's just not a priority of mine. I, I've got uh, I've, I've got a Nikon Z9 and a 400 millimeter lens on order. So that's my priority right now. Okay, you forgot to mention you also have a, a printing lab, right? Yes, yes, we do, yes. Right, you're doing that. Um, well, tell everybody about some of the classes. You do online classes and, and in person. I mean, I don't know how you do it because, you know, you are running a camera store and you're ordering stuff and you're. You, I think every order goes to you and you answer every email and then you're wow. making these videos every day and you're making the doing the photos every day and you're teaching a class three times a day and then when you're to have fun, you go to Disneyland every other day. I mean, so how, how do you do it all? Well, you're, you're a little over-exaggerating there, Mr. Graham, but yes, so, but we have a great team here. So the team here at Paul's Photo, the lab at Paul's Photo and the Creative Photo Academy, we all work together. You know, the lab does the printing, the camera store does the sales. I facilitate the classes. I teach about half of the classes that we do. I lead about a third of the outings that we do. So we start with in-person classes. And in 2022, we're bringing back a very limited number of classes into our 3,000 square foot classroom. Um, very a limited amount coming back. The online classes continue to grow. So we have beginning, intermediate, advanced photography classes. We have how to work your camera classes. We have creative classes. We have classes from some of the top names in photography. And these are all online that you can sign up for from anywhere. You know, we've got our, our camera walkabouts. Once a month, we do two or three of these camera walkabouts. So last Saturday was a night one. You know, in a couple of weeks, we've got a wildflower one coming up. Um, we do our adventures, which are weekend or week-long excursions. Last weekend, we had a group in Yosemite. In a couple of weeks, I've got a group going to Cuba. In June, we're going to Tuscany. In July, we're going to Africa. You know, in October, we're going to the Eastern Sierra for fall color. In July, we're going to the Eastern Sierra on Ansel Sierra tour. In November, we're going to, to Canada with Michelle Wahlberg to do um, polar bears. We just do a lot of fun stuff, and it's a great group of people that I get to work with and interface with, and it's a great team here. And we all work together to make this go and make photography fun and exciting for everyone. Okay. And to sign up for any of these, you go to creativephotoacademy.com? Creativephotoacademy.com. Okay. Last question. We, seen, we saw what happened to point and shoots. Is that going to happen to D D DSLRs and mirrorless from the phone? No. So I don't, I think, so you have to remember, Jeff, when I started in this business in 1974, 
there were about 6 million, no, excuse me, about 3 million cameras sold worldwide. At the height of digital, it went to about 20 million cameras. And the market is stabilizing now. They don't really know between six and eight million cameras a year. So we're still going to sell a lot of cameras. What's happened with the pandemic is the camera makers, the Canons, Nikons, and Sonys of the world are not able, they can't afford to make the three to 500,000, even under $1,000 cameras. You know, this Christmas and at Christmas of 2021 was the first time I never would have dreamed in a camera store we had no cameras below a thousand dollars and we did and we sold more cameras this christmas than we've ever sold before and 99 90% of those are mirrorless cameras you know dslr cameras are aging out there's a certain number of people who want the dslr still but once again they're a victim of of covid you know they're just not the parts right now to manufacture all the cameras that the canons nikons and sony's want to make so they have to make some tough choices and okay, the, so, the mirrorless so, cameras are what people seem to be wanting so that's where they're putting all their efforts before we go do you have a favorite iphone photography tip it's my favorite photography tip get your composition right get the lighting right and tell a story. And it doesn't matter what camera you use. If the composition's good, the lighting's good and the story's strong, it's going to be a good picture. All righty. Mark Homan, paulsphoto.com, creativephotoacademy.com. Thank you. The print lab at Paul's Photo. I don't think it has its own URL though. No, right? It's the lab at Paul's Photo and it's at paulsphoto.com, the lab. Okay. And, and look for Mark on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. At Paul's photo or just under Mark or what? So you on Facebook and Instagram, I'm my name, Mark Komen. We're also Paul's photo on Facebook and Instagram and creative photo Academy on Facebook and Instagram and on, and Paul's photo on TikTok as well. Okay. Thank you for taking time out from your sales and social media day to have a chat with us. It's lots of fun. Alrighty, Scott. Hey, I've got Greg McMillan with us here. Uh, he is the co-host of the iPhoneography podcast, and and he is has a, a website called shot shot an iPhone only dot com. Right, Greg? That's right. Yeah. Uh, and you're writing uh, a book about macro photography on the iPhone. Yeah, uh, I'm really excited about that. Um, the book is finished. Uh, it, it's not printed yet, but the um, uh, the publishers are putting all the pages together, I guess, and uh, I'm hoping to get a print date at some point soon. But, uh, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Tell everybody about some of the macro stuff that, that they can see in the book when it comes out. I started my macro journey with um, a little lens set. They were called ProMaster. And I was kind of resisting the urge to use these little add-on lenses. But then once I started using the little macro lens, I thought, wow, this is like a whole new world to me. Something so small that can, you know, that you can take a picture of and get full on your screen. So then I, uh, I, I graduated up to the moment macro, and that was one of my favorite lenses for quite some time. And I started shooting, you know, flowers and and insects and you know, ants. We have a, a rose of Sharon tree out in our backyard, and I could spend an hour looking for ants and bees around that rose of Sharon tree when it's in full bloom. And so, you know, there's all kinds of uh, things like, Oh gosh, 
you can walk through the woods and you can find some moss on a tree trunk, you know, things like that. Once you start thinking macro, you start looking for little things that, that could possibly make for a great photo. And even, even the top of a fence post, there's little types of uh, uh, things growing on there, um, like lichen, lichen on a, a gravestone, things like that, that you just wouldn't think twice about normally. But if you start thinking macro, then the possibilities are endless. Tell us about your website. So you you did make a transition from DSLR to iPhone only. What were you, what were you shooting before? Um, I had a Canon 60D, and uh, you know it was <clears throat> it was good. It was really good. I had you know the um, 24 to 70 uh, f4 lens, which was probably my favorite lens because the glass is so good. But it was only f4, so it wasn't. You know, it wasn't as good as what some of them are, but, um, you know, and I had a, a couple of other lenses, like a 10 to 22, which was great for landscapes and stuff like that. But uh, I just found that shooting with the iPhone over the years, I was enjoying it more. I don't know if it was just the portability or the, or, you know, the challenges that were, in, you know, there's limitations with the iPhone, right? So th- there's challenges involved with that, but just the ability to have the phone with you, go out, shoot, uh, even do a quick edit and share right on the spot to, to Instagram or wherever. Uh, it was so much, I thought, I, I felt it was more fun to me than having to, you know, wait till you get home, uh, take the card out of the camera, put it in the computer, load everything up, go through your pictures, all that stuff. It was um, I think the instant gratification was 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 big for me, and um, you know, again, the portability and just it was. I just found it so much more fun, and my my Canon gear just kept sitting in the bag and kept collecting more dust. And then I thought I might as well just go all in iPhone and accept the challenges that are there with it, and see what happens. And I've never looked back. Greg McMillan, the iPhoneography podcast shot on iPhone only. Is that a .com or is it .ca? Yes. That, that's it's .com. .com, yep. Okay. And uh, I, I think it's iPhoneographyPodcast.ca. It's just iPhoneography.ca. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank you for doing this interview with us and uh, love your pictures. Thank you, Jefferson. It's been a, an honor to speak to you guys. All right, Scott, we have our old friend, Ant Pruitt, here. Ant, of course, is the host of the Hands-On Photography Podcast. Both of us have appeared on it. He's also a member of the Twit Network, and he doesn't love the iPhone like we do. In fact, he's not an iOS fan. He shoots on the Google Pixel 6 Pro, and I thought it'd be fun to talk to the other side about what he doesn't like about iPhone photography. Hey, well... Let me first say this. I think the iPhone is an outstanding piece of hardware, and that's where it stops for me. Uh, the and, and I can say that about the iPhone going all the way back to like the, the 10R, something like that. Uh, even a little before that, they make amazing hardware. But something about iOS and I, we just don't get along. Uh, I, I'm a former tinkerer, if you will. I used to like to 
root and ROM my Android phone and, and change things on the back end and totally make it insecure <laughs> and stuff like that. And you don't get that type of flexibility with iOS unless you jailbreak it. And that's fine. They're protecting the consumers from themselves, if you will. But just the user interface just never really worked for me um, with all of the gestures and stuff like that on iOS versus Android. Camera-wise, um, I think they're pretty neck and neck. Uh, it, it's just... Um, both of them are doing so much with the computational photography side of things, and it makes it just ridiculously easy. You literally just tap the shutter, and that's it. You don't have to think too much about it other than your framing, but it, they're doing so much on the computational side with exposure. It, it's, so they're, they're pretty neck and neck from a quality standpoint. But you run around with the Google Pixel because it's not iOS, that's that's the primary reason. If, if if the iPhone was running Android, I'd carry that one. For those who have not listened to hands-on photography, and they should, and they will after this interview runs, tell everybody about the show. Yeah, hands-on photography. That is my show on Twit TV. Uh, it's twit.tv slash hop. That's H-O-P for hands-on photography. And I like to do different tips and tricks that are going to help people get better at photography, regardless of whatever camera they're using or whatever phone they're using. It's all about the fundamentals. And I'm also having guests on like yourself and Mr. Bourne. And, um, and I'm starting to get into uh, the video editing side of things as well. As people have been asking about it, so I'm starting a bit of a video editing module, if you will. Something that's more on the fundamental side of things. Not necessarily, this is how you do it. Uh, this is why you do a J-cut versus a nail-cut and stuff like that. Just getting down to the basics. We like to provide all perspectives here on the iPhone Photo Show. And uh, we're, we're not, you know fanboys to the extent that we can't handle a little bit of criticism. So we appreciate Ant's perspective, and mostly we appreciate Ant. He's an incredible photographer, a wonderful guy, and uh, so so lucky that we could get him on the show. Well, that was just kind of fun, kind of different to have nothing but interviews, Jefferson. And we may do this again. If you have somebody in mind that you'd like us to interview or you would like to be interviewed, Send us an email, please, to iPhonePhotoshow at gmail.com. Tell us who you are or who you're recommending and why. The why part's way more important. And uh, we'll give it a look. We can't promise you you'll get on the show, but we will give it all due consideration. Also, remember that iPhonePhotoTeam.com website and those circles. Join the circles. There are basically different kinds of genres, like macro, for instance, and put your pictures in there, and you may win a prize. So that's what we have for you today. We hope you enjoyed this break of format. Jefferson, when you're not on the show with me, where can people find you? Look for me on Twitter and Instagram, where I'm at Jefferson Graham. Check out my website, jeffersongram.net. Please watch my Photo Walks TV series on YouTube, youtube.com slash TV. New season, April 2nd, up and down Highway 1, the California coast. One day we're going to get up to Washington State and Olympic National Park, and we're going to visit Mr. Scott Bourne. Where can we find you, Scott? Well, first of all, I'm going to be watching the Photo Walks TV series. It's one of my favorite things to do, so I'll be there. But otherwise, you can go on Twitter, where I've been for, I don't know, 12, 14 years, at Scott Bourne. You can also go to my website, scottbourne.com, and I am a host over at the iPhone Photo Team 
website. I hang out there quite a bit. So stop by, say hello. Remember, we need you to subscribe. Please subscribe on iTunes, even if you don't listen there, because it really helps the show get found. About 65% of you do listen there, but it would really help if you could subscribe there and maybe leave us a nice interview. Three, two, one. And maybe leave us a nice review. We would also like for you to tell your friends, if you know somebody that's into iPhonography, why not tell them about our great show so that you can share the love? We're so glad you came by. We're here every single Friday, and we cannot do without you. So we'll just leave the light on for you and see you next week. Bye-bye. Finally, I got a bye-bye out of you.